Welcome to Walk in Truth. These are the Bible teachings of Pastor Michael Lance, equipping you to reach out with God's truth to all people. Learn more about our live stream church services, the Walk in Truth podcast, how to donate, and how to find us on social media when you visit walkintruth.com. Now, here's Pastor Michael's teaching in Ezra chapter 1 called The Royal Decree. We are transitioning to the book of Ezra tonight. We are going to be looking at a message called Returning, actually a series called Returning from Captivity. Tonight, the royal decree. Before we go that go there, I'll reintroduce that in a moment. Just a couple of quick announcements before we get into the word of God tonight. First of all, uh, we have a special 633 service coming this Sunday evening at 633. And that service will have a great panel of professors and theologians to help us with our questions about navigating the times. This was an event that we had planned for a few weeks back. We uh, pushed the time back. It's a perfect time to do this now. And I know that you have your questions about how to navigate this time for your life, for the church, for what's going on in your personal situation, in your family, whether it's a health concern, whether it's a uh, you're going through a financial crisis, whether you're just depressed or bummed out or whether you're just raring to go and you want to just, uh, you know, maybe you, you'll have a question to submit. Maybe you won't. Maybe you'll just enjoy the evening. I also want to let you know that uh, leading up to the reopening of the church, I would like to call for a couple of prayer meetings and fasting as well. And so this is kind of from the hip because we're still, there's things that are moving and shifting and we have information to share with you about some details. But for the time being, I'd like to see us pray the next two Sunday evenings, and let's call them uh, late afternoon, early evening, which is going to be from 5 p.m. till about 5.45 p.m. will be a time of prayer. And that will be this coming Sunday evening. We'll send out uh, information to you uh, soon and give you some details about that prayer meeting, which will take place outside, outside the church building. And we need to seek the Lord together in prayer. As we turn to the book of Ezra, I'm reminded that, and I was just on the front row as Shane was finishing up the worship and was thinking about a fast that Ezra called in chapter eight in verse 21. If you want to skip ahead for a moment and then I'll come back to the first chapter, I want you to see as Ezra is leading a I believe a second wave of captives back uh, to Jerusalem. It says in Ezra 8.21, I proclaimed a fast there at the river of Ahava, Ezra 8.21, that we might humble ourselves before our God to seek from him a safe journey for us, our little ones, and all our possessions. Ezra 8.21, Ezra a leader, a priest calls for a fast to ask for the favor of God. And you can read on in Ezra chapter 8, and he'll mention that the good hand of our God was upon us. And that's really what we want to ask. We want to seek God so that his good hand will be upon us as we move in faith together as a congregation, as a church. And so my prayer for you is that you would be praying and fasting. Join us on those coming Sunday nights as we pray and seek the Lord. And again, we'll have more information for you uh, soon. But let's be praying every day that the Lord will grant us favor. He'll grant us wisdom, uh, everything that is needed for the next chapter of this interesting journey that we've been on 
as we walk by faith and not by sight. Now we are transitioning to the book of Ezra, which is a little bit before the book of Job. And we finished a study in the book of Job uh, the last time we were together. And I preached to you on a Wednesday night. There's been a few Wednesday nights in between that. And the series we are now moving to, and I call it a series only because the big name of the study is returning from captivity. But we're going verse by verse through another book of the Bible as we normally do, and it's the book of Ezra. The book of Ezra may not be as familiar to many of you as it should be, but Ezra is an amazing Bible character. He's a man of the word and a man for the moment. And you're going to see his leadership evidence throughout the book of Ezra. He also appears in the book of Nehemiah. He is a man whose name is attached to the book, of course, that we're studying. And Ezra and Nehemiah in the Hebrew Bible are one book. So he is considered by many scholars to be the author of both Ezra and Nehemiah and probably First and Second Chronicles, many believe. And I was even reading a commentator this week who believes that Ezra may well be the author of the longest psalm and longest chapter in the Bible, Psalm 119. If you're familiar with Psalm 119, you know that it's the psalm that is filled with references to the Word of God and to the law of the Lord and meditating on it day and night and all of its value to our lives. And so Ezra was definitely a man of the Word and a man for the time. His name means God is my help or God is a help. And how we need the help of the Lord right now as we go through this interesting season of this virus that we've been dealing with and everything that goes with it in our culture. I hope you're open to uh, Ezra chapter 1. I'd like to read the 11 verses of chapter 1 together. If you want to stand for the reading in your living room or wherever you may be, please do. I'm going to read the chapter. We'll come back, come back and break it down. But the title for tonight is The Royal Decree, Ezra chapter 1. Now, in the first year of Cyrus, king of Persia, in order to fulfill the word of the Lord by the mouth of Jeremiah, Ezra 1.1, the Lord stirred up the spirit of Cyrus, king of Persia, so that he sent a proclamation throughout all his kingdom and also put it in writing, saying, Thus says Cyrus, king of Persia, The Lord, the God of heaven, has given me all the kingdoms of the earth, and he has appointed me to build him a house in Jerusalem, which is in Judah. Whoever there is among you of all his people, may his God be with him. Let him go up to Jerusalem, which is in Judah, and rebuild the house of the Lord, the God of Israel. He is the God who is in Jerusalem. Every survivor, verse 4, at whatever place he may live, let the men of that place support him with silver and gold, with goods and cattle, together with a free will offering for the house of God, which is in Jerusalem. Then the heads of the father's households of Judah and Benjamin and the priests and the Levites arose, even everyone whose spirit God had stirred to go up and rebuild the house of the Lord, which is in Jerusalem. All those about them encouraged them with articles of silver, with gold, with goods, with cattle, and with valuables, aside from all that was given as a freewill offering. Seven. Also, King Cyrus brought out all the articles of the house of the Lord, which Nebuchadnezzar had carried away from Jerusalem and put in the house of his gods. And Cyrus, king of Persia, had them brought out by the hand of Midradath, 
the treasurer, and he counted them out to Sheshbazar, the prince of Judah. Now this was their number, 30 gold dishes, 1,000 silver dishes, 29 duplicates, 30 gold bowls, 410 silver bowls and of a second kind and a thousand other articles. All the articles of gold and silver numbered 5,400. Sheshbazar brought them all up with the exiles who went up from Babylon to Jerusalem. May the Lord bless the reading of his word and may he write it upon, his, upon our hearts. And would you pray with me? Father, I thank you so much for your living word. As we prayed about the next book on Wednesday nights and the wonderful group that normally would gather on a Wednesday night here, we're not together physically, but we're together in spirit. We have a heart open to your word and open to your voice. Speak for your servants are listening, O Lord. This book is very relevant to our times as we consider returning from our captivity, in quotes. As we think about getting back to normal life, and especially for those of us uh, who are in the church getting back to worship. We desire to be in the house of God, worshiping our God. And we know that a church building is not the temple. We are your temple, but this is a special place. And many of our saints miss being here because they miss the corporate worship. They miss the togetherness of body life. They miss just the one voice going up to heaven together in one place. And we can see that one man in one place gathering, even in the book of Nehemiah, when a revival broke out under the leadership of Ezra. And we are praying for revival as we return to houses of worship, Lord, as we return to being together by your grace. We pray that you would pour out a revival. We pray that you would stir our hearts. We pray that you would move in a mighty way over these United States of America. We pray that you would move around the world. We pray that our ministries would double in their impact. If you would will it, O oh Lord, we pray that there would be a baptism of boldness, a freshness of our walk in the spirit. We pray that you would just build us up and send us out, Lord. And we pray that tonight you'll be pleased with how we handle your word, how we receive it, and how we act it out. In Jesus' name and all God's people said, amen. Returning from captivity, the major theme of the series, tonight's study, chapter one, the royal decree. Now, behind the title, The Royal Decree, I want you to see another royal decree from God Almighty. You'll notice that in the first year of Cyrus, king of, king of Persia, you can write down, if you'd like, 539 BC, in order to fulfill the word of the Lord by the mouth of Jeremiah, the Lord stirred up the spirit of Cyrus, king of Persia, so that he sent a proclamation throughout all his kingdom and also put it in writing. And notice it's, there's a date, the first year of Cyrus, king of Persia. If you've studied some world history and you've studied maybe the multi-metallic statue in Daniel chapter two, or looked at biblical chronology and studied the major world empires that interact with the people of Israel as you study your Old Testament, you'll know, and you'll be able to kind of do this from memory to walk it down from Egypt to Assyria to Babylon to what's called the Medo-Persian Empire or the Persian Empire. Down, you can remember, Greece and then Rome. 
You'll hear more from Pastor Michael in a moment. Life on the go can make it difficult to catch up on your study in the Bible. If you think about it, Walk in Truth with Pastor Michael Lance is here for you, kind of like a daily supplement to help your spiritual growth. You can listen to Walk in Truth whenever you want because it's on podcast too. Subscribe to Walk in Truth on your favorite podcast app. For example, if you have an iPhone, we're on your iPodcast app already on your phone. Walk in Truth is also on iHeartRadio, Spotify, Google Podcasts, Stitcher, and many more. So listen on your hike, during your drive, or while you're getting work done at a coffee shop. Basically, listen whenever you want. Subscribe to the Walk in Truth podcast, available on your favorite podcast app. Hey, Shane Lance here, and I wanted to take a quick moment and encourage you to subscribe to our devotional called A Step Closer. This is a quick read from scripture with a little bit of commentary, and it's a great way to keep you growing in your walk with the Lord. In our crazy society right now, with all the things we jam-pack into our schedule, I'll be the first to admit that sometimes it's hard to find time to study God's Word. But it is so important as we grow in our relationship with the Lord to study His Word. It's such a vital aspect to our walk. You can text Step Closer as one word to 33222. Again, that's Step Closer as one word to 33222. We really believe here at Walk in Truth that this can be a great instrument in helping you grow in your relationship with the Lord. So once again, we'd encourage you to subscribe to our devotional called A Step Closer, and you can text Step Closer as one word to 33222. Now, back to Pastor Michael Lentz, right here on Walk in Truth. And send us out, Lord. And we pray that tonight you'll be pleased with how we handle your word, how we receive it, and how we act it out. In Jesus' name and all God's people said, amen. Returning from captivity, the major theme of the series, tonight's study, chapter one, the royal decree. Now behind the title, the royal decree, I want you to see another royal decree from God Almighty. You'll notice that in the first year of Cyrus, king of, king of Persia, you can write down if you'd like 539 B.C., In order to fulfill the word of the Lord by the mouth of Jeremiah, the Lord stirred up the spirit of Cyrus, king of Persia, so that he sent a proclamation throughout all his kingdom and also put it in writing. And notice it's there's a date, the first year of Cyrus, king of Persia. If you've studied some world history and you've studied maybe the multi-metallic statue in Daniel chapter 2 or looked at biblical chronology and study the major world empires that interact with the people of Israel as you study your Old Testament, you'll know and you'll be able to kind of do this from memory to walk it down from Egypt to Assyria to Babylon to what's called the Medo-Persian Empire or the Persian Empire down, you can remember, Greece and then Rome. And so these are the world empires that are laid out in the Old Testament and several of those empires, starting with Babylon, the head of gold in Daniel chapter two, are part of the dream that Nebuchadnezzar has in Daniel two that is interpreted by Daniel. And Daniel was one of the captives that was taken to Babylon in the first wave of Nebuchadnezzar's besieging of Jerusalem. So if you've interacted at all with biblical history and the chronology of world empires, this is where you meet the Medo-Persian Empire or Cyrus, king of Persia. And you're going to find 
extra biblical records of these kingdoms and this king as well. Cyrus is a very well-known king, a very famous name, because he ruled a world empire, just like Nebuchadnezzar ruled Babylon and some kings after him. So uh, Persia was ruled by a man named Cyrus, and he has a very unique place in the Bible. In fact, there's a prophecy about Cyrus written in the book of Isaiah. And 150 years or so before Cyrus was born, God called him by name through the pen of Isaiah the prophet. It's one of many amazing prophecies that are written in your Bible. I'll tell you what, let's go over there. We're going to turn to our right and we're going to find Isaiah 44. So you're going to have to keep going to your right a little bit of, of a ways there. And you're going to get to Isaiah 44. Isaiah 44. And let's, uh, let's go all the way down to verse 28 and we'll move into chapter 45 of Isaiah. So let's take a look at what the Bible says. Remember, if you've uh, studied books of the Bible and many of you have and dates of those books, Scholars believe that the book of Isaiah is written somewhere in the 700s B.C. And so uh, you can note that I gave you a date of the 500s B.C. when Cyrus is uh, doing what he's doing and making a royal decree. And so we're moving now back through time, if you will, back to 700 B.C. So 150, 160 years before Cyrus even gives the decree and probably at least, what, some hundred years before he's born, here's what the Bible says. And this is a prophecy. And I, I just want to reiterate that prophecy is one of the main ways that we know that the Bible is divine rather than human in origin. Some people say, well, men wrote the Bible and they just made up these stories and, and it's just kind of pie in the sky. No, prophecy proves, and it's one of many proofs, that the Bible is actually a book from God. That God writes history in advance, but even perhaps more remarkable, or at least on that same plane, he names people in advance of their birth. And just a side note, there is a record in Josephus, the Jewish Roman historian who lived around the time of Jesus, who wrote that there was an encounter that Cyrus, king of Persia, had with this prophecy in the book of Isaiah and that it was pointed out to him by Daniel, which is just amazing when you start to put these things together. So Josephus says that Daniel showed Cyrus the prophecy and that Cyrus was so impressed with it that that's what stirred his heart to make this proclamation. Now, we don't know if that's exactly what stirred his heart. We know the Lord stirred his heart, but the Lord often uses his word to stir our hearts. Imagine if a prophecy was pointed out about you before you were ever born. Would that stir you? Would that cause you to want to worship the God of the Bible? There is no doubt about it. And the Bible says that we've been written in the Lamb's book of life from the foundation of the world. Our name was there. God knows your name, brother, sister, friend. If you're watching right now and you're not a Christian, God knows who you are. God may be stirring your heart tonight. He's made a royal decree, the royal decree of his law, the royal decree of the gospel. Check this out. This is Isaiah 44, 28. It says, it is I who says of Cyrus... He is my shepherd. 
and he will perform all my desire. 44.28 of Isaiah. And he declares of Jerusalem, she will be built. Here's his decree, written 150 years before it happened. And of the temple, your foundation will be laid. Thus says the Lord to Cyrus, notice he's anointed. He's anointed in the sense that he'll become God's instrument. God anoints him for a purpose. And here, whom I have taken by the right hand, God says of Cyrus, to subdue nations before him. This is something that Cyrus repeats in his proclamation, that the God of the Bible is the one who gave all the world empires to him, if you will, or all these people groups. And to loose the loins of kings, to open doors before him so that gates will not be shut. I will go before you and make the rough places smooth. I will shatter the doors of bronze and cut through the iron bars. I will give you the treasures of darkness and hidden wealth of secret places so that you may know that it is I, the Lord, the God of Israel, who calls you by your name. For the sake of Jacob, my servant. Now, this is why I'm doing it, God might say to Cyrus. I do it for the sake of Jacob. I do it for the sake of Israel, because Israel is my chosen one. I have also called you by your name. I have given you a title of honor, though you have not known me. Cyrus was a pagan king, and he may have been polytheistic even at this time. We don't know for sure. I am the Lord. Notice what God says. And there is no other besides me. You could say, Cyrus, you may be a polytheist, but besides me, there is no God. I will gird you, though you have not known me, that men may know from the rising to the setting of the sun that there is no one besides me. I am the Lord and there is no other. Keep reading. The one forming light and creating darkness. We can think of the captivity here, causing well-being and creating calamity. I am the Lord who does all these. This is a remarkable prophecy. And if indeed it was shared with Cyrus, which Josephus says it was, it had to stagger him. It had to make him rethink his religious point of view coming from a polytheistic meaning, a belief in many gods. Poly means many. Mono means one. We are monotheistic. But many of the cultures of that day and even our day were polytheistic. And in the very chapter, if you turn back to Ezra 1, where God named Cyrus before he was born and before he gives this royal decree to fulfill God's word in regard to his people Israel, well, God says, there's no other God beside me. You've been listening to the Royal Decree Part 1 on Walk in Truth. Pastor Michael's teaching in Ezra chapter 1. And if you'd like to watch the video of this teaching, which also includes a time of worship, you can subscribe to the Living Truth Christian Fellowship YouTube channel. Visit walkintruth.com and click on church. Or just find us on your YouTube app. Have you followed us on Instagram yet? We post pictures and videos of what goes on here in the studio and of some video highlights of upcoming messages. So we'd love to know who you are and where you're listening from. You can find us on Instagram when you search Walk in Truth Show. Now, here's Pastor Michael. Well, we've been spending a lot of time here on Walk in Truth thinking about the issues of the day and how do we navigate those issues. And I want to encourage you to go back and listen to Navigating the Times, which is available on walkintruth.com. You can go to our YouTube channel, connect from there, or you can also listen to past messages on our app or even on the website. 
So download the Living Truth Christian Fellowship app in your app store. Go to the Living Truth Christian Fellowship YouTube channel or make sure you've downloaded the app and go to walkintruth.com for everything that you're going to need that'll launch you to pretty much everywhere. Well, you may be thinking about, you know, as we navigate the times, I've run into some Christians who are just over the top, man. It seems like they're throwing Bible verses everywhere, First Amendment stuff everywhere, and you're like, ah, what do I do now? Well, what you do is we all have to have a biblical light, but we have to walk in wisdom. And here's the thing. Let's make sure that we don't act like we know it all. Um, I think that that turns people away. Sometimes non-Christians are listening into our conversations and they're trying to figure out how we navigate these times. And they may be even interested in the faith. And so let's make sure that we season our language with salt or with grace, as it were. We know how to answer every unbeliever with uh, humility. We are patient with all people because we want them to be saved. Let's not forget our goal is the soul, that people are saved and discipled and become followers of Jesus Christ. Hey, that's our goal here on Walk in Truth. We're glad you're with us. You partner with us. You listen in. I pray you're benefiting from the program. Reach out to us and let us know how the program's impacted you. We'd love to hear from you. We'd love for you to partner with us. Keep praying for us. And we'll see you tomorrow on Walk in Truth. One more thing. Walk in Truth is a listener-supported program. Your $5 donation is really appreciated. So please give your donation at walkintruth.com. And come back tomorrow for part two of Pastor Michael's teaching in Ezra chapter one called The Royal Decree. I'm Mike Massaro. Hey, thanks for listening to Walk in Truth today, where it's our goal to equip you to reach out with God's truth to all people.